Well, hi, it's the Morning Bitches podcast, except it's the afternoon and it's December 31st, 2022. Oy vey, oh my God. And it's all about love today because if no one told you they love you today, you know I love you because you are you. Who else are you going to be but you? And I thought I would look back at my year of 2022, you know. 2022, I was working as the Noni at the lender, which was their face of their company. And I worked down in Orange County. And in case you don't know anything about California, and I'm a Brooklyn girl, Brooklyn Jewish liberal, okay, that's it. But down in Orange County, they're Republicans. And they ain't liberal. That's all I'm going to say. So when this Democrat went down there to work, I was like in culture shock in a way, really, because I just wasn't used to it. But the job was wonderful. The bosses were great. The people I worked with were fabulous. I just had to put a lid on my opinions about a lot of things. And then in May, I got COVID from somebody there. And I've been boosted. I had all my vaccinations. I took care of everything. And I still got fucking COVID from somebody down there because, you know, down there, this is the truth. They don't get their boosters. They don't get their vaccines. They don't get diddly squats. So, you know, it's like up for grabs. And if you do get it, my God, you can't tell anybody you've got a vaccine or you're boosted or whatever. Ridiculous. So, of course, in September of this year, Benoni was let go, and S.J. Mendelssohn, TikTok Bubby, came back to life. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. That's right. So I'm looking here, and, and the first, I'm looking at all of like 2022, um, to where I have all my different notes that I wrote. And most of it is nothing because I was working at the lender. You know, of course, like different things I had here, you know, all my debt, all my health appointments. On June 13th, I got a colonoscopy. Okay, there with that, that came out. All right, Ed was 75 on June 21st. I'm looking through here now. What else? Oh, let's see what this is. Doctor appointment nails. Oh, my God. I'm just looking to see how many things happened to me uh, in 2022. Ha, ha, until I was let go. Goodbye. I mean, it's all doctor appointments. Oh, my God. That's just what it is. Oh, but then once I got let go, okay, the job ended on September 7th. On September 8th, I had an audition. It started again. Yeehaw. Okay. So, and then I signed with my manager, World Builder Entertainment, on Friday, September 16th. Yay. Okay. And uh, let's see. It had cataract surgery. I had an audition. More auditions. See, that's when they started again. My birthday, you know, la, la, la. So then it all started. All the fun stuff in. You see, it's like starting to fill up after I got let go of my calendar. And I started my Apple, my podcast 
on October 7th. Oh my God, isn't that amazing? So there you go. All right, so there we go. Um, amazing, just amazing starting all of this. So um, just an audition, a lot of auditions there, more auditions. Wow. It's just I'm looking through at the end of the year, all the auditions and things that I started creating myself. That's right. Got my PR people back. Um, it's just absolutely positively amazing how things started happening for me when I created everything. 37 years sober on November 12th. Oh, my God. Look at that. Oh, that's so great. Right. Um, just look at all the stuff that's happened to me since I left that. Oh, my God. You know, just looking at everything. Oh, this is so exciting. So I just wanted to check in on the last day of the year, 2022. I'm happy that it's ended because this has been the end of the year. It's been a marvelous year for me since I created my podcast, went back on TikTok. Wow. Met so many great people. I just have to thank you know, the people that came on the podcast with me, Michael and his mother, Lucas, Ari. Um, I just have to thank you all. And I wanted to read some of the things that I, you know, I love to read from the LA Times on the opinion page. Okay. This one is finding a peace, finding peace in a desert of ghosts. Okay. In a year when anti-Semitism flowed freely like me light melancholy centers me, telling me bad times will get better by Todd Goldberg. Okay. Time moves differently in the desert this time of year. The sun slips behind Mount San Yancito around four and its shadow slides across the Coachella Valley, cloaking everything in a hazy light. Other locals typically avoid coming to downtown Palm Springs during the holiday season, but I cherish these moments there when the calendar has narrowed to a precious few days. It feels like the desert invariably warms in the weeks with the new year, the air filled with the scent of fall blooming roses. A shift in the breeze is often enough to draw me to the glittery streets that are crowded with the architecture of the past and the people of today. There's something about dreamlike in finding myself in the same place as each year eventually falls away. Downtown Palm Springs is alive with tourists, all moving with the somewhat sun-drunk slowness of vacation. When you live in a resort town, you get used to the stop action, though you're never stopping slightly. In, you, let me just see this. They okay, dreamlike and finding myself okay. Downtown Palm Springs is alive with tourists all moving with the sun drunk slowness of vacation. When you live in a resort, sorry, it's again a resort city, you get used to this stop action, though you never stop being slightly annoyed by it. And my family has been here since the late 1950s. Wow. There were some of the early Jews who settled in Canyon Country Club, one of the few places where someone with my last name could belong. Decades later, my father, Papa Thai, would drive me through town, point out the window at various enclaves, telling me never live there. There was no malice, just a simple declaration. He found this place. 
I would find mine. It just wouldn't be behind that gate or in that mountain cove. The desert is loath to tear anything down, so its building of Jewish oppression still stands. Tour groups go through them during Modernism Week. I thought of this often this year when anti-Semitism flowed openly from the internet to politicians and celebrities to the real estate agent showing my mother-in-law a new home who told her she could chew down the cellar. I hate that expression as my wife held me back from saying something I might regret or might not. What's true in the desert is that depending on where you stood, if you were close, close your eyes to 1962 and open them in these last moments of 2022, you might not know the difference psychologically, physically, or intellectually. I put that psychologically in there. These might not seem like the memories to hold close, but the reality is my grandparents came here for a reason. They felt at peace, even after dementia felt Papa's side. He often still thought he was on his patio staring into the Andreas Canyon or the back nine each place in a small mitzvah. I'm the only one in the family to have inherited that sense of peace. The last of us living here, walking downtown, on a warm December day reckoning with the ghosts. I think it's because light melancholy centers me in a way very few things do. It tells me bad times get better. It reminds me that my petty yearnings make me small, that I am capable of forgiving in much the same way my grandparents might have been in order to live through a single day on these streets. I walk into a tourist trap shop, nearly everything says Palm Springs, on it in a retro 1950s font. Years ago, this was a poorly lit bookstore called Bookland. Word was Truman Capote at Herman Woke used to come in to buy out-of-town newspapers. And retired Chicago gangster Tony Accardo liked their crossword puzzle section. I never saw any of them. But where there are now racks of t-shirts, I can see my 12-year-old self thumbing through paperbacks of my idols running my fingers over the words of Robert B. Parker, Donald Westlake, and Elmore Leonard, Hanukkah money burning a hole in my pocket. Papa sighed, double-parked on Palm Canyon in his yellow convertible, top-down, hand-resting on his side mirror, sunglasses on a slick of suntan lotion spread across his nose, shirt unbuttoned halfway down his chest. How are you today? There's a salesperson, a young woman standing a few feet away from me, straightening some shirts. Wistful. Is that good or bad? I gesture around the store. This used to be a bookstore. I used to sit right here and read books. She says, is that right? Is that right? I walk back outside, look up and down the block. The shadow of Mount San Jacinto has darkened the street. Headlights flicker on. The temperature has dropped below 70, enough to send a chill around me. Maybe Brookland had been on the next block. Maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe if I wait long enough, my grandfather will pull up and will cruise down the canyon again, letting go of it all. <clears throat> Thank you, Todd Goldberg. is the author of most recently of The Low Desert Gangster Stories. Oh, I have to read that. He directs The Low Residency. MFA program in creative writing and writing for the performing arts at UC Riverside. You want to reach him? It's at Todd Goldberg. Oh my God. Is that amazing? I think about my, all of my um, 
New Year's Eve from the time I was a young kid. You know, a couple of times my grandparents took us down to Times Square to watch the ball drop in that melange of smells and people and body odor and perfume and screaming and yelling. We took the subway, you know, from Brooklyn. And, you know, we probably took the D train or the F train and we took it into Times Square. And, you know, my grandmother said, Sandra, Stephen, don't let go of your hand, of our hands. My grandparents, okay, we didn't let, let go of the hands. And we walked around all those people and the women dressed up beautifully, you know, back in the day. It was long skirts. In the 50s, women wore long skirts. So, and, and dressed up with potty hats on their head, blowers in their hands, streamers everywhere, screaming and yelling as the old ball dropped. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Happy. Happy New Year, 1956, 57, 58. Oh, the good old days. And then as the years went on, we didn't go there anymore. We watched it on TV. We drank phony champagne, which was probably ginger ale. And my brother always got drunk on soda. And we had so much fun watching the ball drop as a family. And it was just wonderful. And I always prayed as I got, got older, will I ever have, will I ever go out for New Year's Eve on a real date? And my dreams were answered in 1966 because that's when I got my boyfriend who happened to be my husband. You know, that's a whole other story I've talked about on my podcast. But it was probably my first date for New Year's Eve. And in those days, in the olden days, they asked you six months in advance, do you have plans for New Year's Eve? Oh my God, he's asking me on a New Year's Eve date in June yet. Wait a minute, maybe September. June was kind of far out. Yes. So I already had plans. I had plans for New Year's Eve. Oh my God. And then I had plans for New Year's Eve, 66, 67, 68. We always had plans. And everybody did things as couples. You know, the, maybe there was a triple, double date, triple date, quadruple play date. We all went out together and it was so much fun. Oh my God. It was amazing. So I mean, that was New Year's Eve back in the day. Then in my 20s, New Year's Eve was after I left the husband getting loaded and hanging out. One boyfriend and me, we went out. I had, <coughs> oh, excuse me, that I'm thinking of it. I think 10 glasses of champagne, the worst hangover I ever had in my life. Was that the next day? Was the day after New Year's Eve? Oh, my God, that was the next day, the 10 glasses of champagne. Oh, my eggs Benedict, I threw up like crazy. I was so sick. I had the worst hangover ever. And we always had something to do on New Year's Eve, which was just a beautiful and a wonderful time. And once I got sober, I used to go to all the New Year's Eve sober dances in L.A., in the Valley. There were so many of them, and they were so fabulous. And so it was great being sober. My first sober New Year was, was 1985. 
And it was fabulous because I didn't have to drink anymore and didn't have to use. And, and that was a miracle for me. And it was just wonderful. And ever since then, I've been sober. I've had a sober New Year's every year since 1985. And every year, my husband and I, Ed, who we married 20 years soon, we've done different things. This year's New Year's Eve is going to be fun because Lisa Brown, my beautiful, wonderful, incredible best friend from Kansas, has moved here. And we're doing something. We're going to watch. Um, we're going to watch Maverick, Top Gun Maverick. We're going to play Scrabble. We're going to have pizza. And we're going to watch the ball drop the three of us. And I'm going to take pictures and I'm going to put it on TikTok. Probably do TikTok live because that's so much fun. You know, it's always been, it's amazing because since I've gotten on TikTok and I've met so many of you, you're all so amazing and you know I love you all so much. So there's that. And uh, I don't have to wake up with a hangover the next day. But... I know 2023, I pray 2023 will be a better year for a lot of us than 2022 was because it's been a tough year, very tough. We lost so many people. Oh, my God. Barbara Walters, one of my idols in the world who could ask anybody any question and get away with it. I hope and pray as I get more and more into my podcast and I interview people that I could ask them and that they will tell me anything, anything about themselves without shame or embarrassment. Because, you know, I'm all about letting people be who they are. Fascinated by Michael, the young boy who developed cancer, and he was on the windsurfing team heading to the Olympics, and he got cancer. But every day, he and his mother, Ashley, they fight. They fight on a regular basis. So they're one of my heroes. Okay, And Lucas Amador, who is also one of my heroes, who was a woman and now has transitioned to being a male. And that's a brave person right there. And my darling Ari, who I recently interviewed on here, you all know, was a woman, transitioned to be a man and came back now to being a woman. And they are the brave people in the world. They, to me, are they're the, the freedom fighters. And, you know, to all the people out there who are struggling to be themselves, who can't be themselves because they're afraid people won't like them or love them. You know, I, I say, you know, God bless you. And I'm also reading, this is a letter from Paul Thornton. He says, in 2022, just getting by was a win. The best year books of this year, the best films, those types of lists are for a post-COVID life that isn't mine yet, he says. I never felt more humbled this month, or was it ashamed that when Barack Obama posted the list of his favorite books from 2022, or when writers for this newspaper listed their top books of the year, or when other critics of influence, influencers shared their favorite toms, because I didn't read any of those books because I didn't read any book in 2022. Oh, I read plenty in 22. And an editor, my job requires knowing things. And the best way to know enough to edit someone else's writing is to read. 
often reports put together by bureaucrats or academics with information buried in footnotes. So when someone asks, what do you do for a living? I like to say that I just read. Just not in the way most people think when they hear that word read. And what kind of reading is that? The act of opening a book and finishing it, betraying a patient contemplation that marks a curious and thoughtful personality, reading for pleasure, reading for edification, the kind of reading that erudite people in any line of my work do, I didn't do that in 22, in 2022. My failure to keep up with the cultural moments didn't involve just books. The best of 2022 lists put together by film critics flew right over my head like light from a movie projector. The same goes for food, even though five of the eateries on the Times 101 best restaurants in L.A. are within easy biking distance of my home in Alhambra. Okay. Very interesting. So what I did, I'm looking at some of the things that I did. I went to Musso and Frank's. You know, we have four or five of our favorite restaurants, but by all means, which I noticed in L.A.'s eatery, Musso and Frank's was not on there. You know, the oldest restaurant in Hollywood with the best steaks and the best cottage fries, okay? So he says, here's his end, year's ending list of achievement, doom scrolling. I know tapping on my phone for reliable information about this dangerous reality is so 2020, 2020, but the pandemic, the adjustments at home, the uncertainty, it isn't over for parents raising young children and my wife and I are raising three. In early 2022, the bedtime panic Google search was child COVID symptoms. The next year, was it safe to send kids to school before they're vaccinated? Now RSV symptoms in kids. You know, 2022 began amazing for me, just amazing. Got two back-to-back commercials and then boom, COVID hit. And fuck that. I was in here with my husband for three fucking months. I mean, he was he took over my office. Oh my God, it was a nightmare. I'm just saying, I love my husband, but he took over my office. <laughs> Alone in the dark, one negative thought begets another. And by 1 a.m., AM failed to fix climate change. <laughs> then watching reruns. Who didn't watch reruns all the time? This is done almost always before doom scrolling. That's what he did. He read, it's always sunny in Philadelphia and arrested development. Well, I've never seen both, so I can't say. Then cold or microwave food. So I'm just saying I've done some of these things. Um, Paul Thornton, you're funny. So um, some of the things I would say that I did this year that, uh, you know, this year we went out to dinner a lot, Ed and me, because we have Lisa here. So we've, we've, I've eaten out so many times, either Chinese food, Italian food. I used to go to the Cheesecake Factory all the time, which I don't like anymore. I don't know. I lost my taste. Um, Arts Deli. We go to Cantus. Different delis all the time now. So... It's been a heck of a year. It's been a year of growth, compassion, um, loving quality. And I pray to all of you that you all will have an amazing 2023. So it is now 328 on the West Coast. It's raining here. It's going to rain like cats and dogs, wherever that expression came from. Where did that expression come from? I don't know. 
but uh, we need the rain here. We're in a drought. Talk about climate change? Sure. People say, what's that? What's that? Did Trump's taxes are being revealed to everybody now? Like something's going to happen with them, right? Of course. Yeah, sure. $750 he paid in taxes. I'd like to see that in my life. <laughs> Maybe in 1972. <laughs> anyway, I just wanted to tell you all that I love you. I wanted to leave my message with you. I love reading stuff from the LA Times. The writers are amazing. Um, I love you all. And come the new year, I'm going to be bringing more and more people on. And I hope I, hope I can ask them questions like, you know, like Barbara Walters. I'm going to talk more about sex because I promised I would. And um, love, for sure. I want to talk about love. That's very important, especially Valentine's Day and how to date. Very, very important to learn how to date. Swiping left, swiping right, whatever you want to call it, I'm there. So if nobody told you they love you today, and I want to shout out to Chance, even though he probably is not allowed to listen to my podcast, Chance, I love you. To my son, Cameron, my daughter-in-law, Ashley, I love you. The boys, Jack, Max, and Sam, have a fabulous New Year's Eve. Bubby loves you and take care.